Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Off Limits Show. Thanks for joining me tonight. Um, tonight, we've got a special guest. We've got uh, Jack McEnroth, um, whom you may know from previously from uh, Project Runway uh, from years ago, as well as his uh, activism in the HIV community. Um, he's also a, des- a fashion designer, obviously, and a model, an actor, swimmer. He does a little bit of everything. So I thought we'd talk to him tonight about what's going on with him and his, uh, his ventures and things he's got going on with him and find out a little, little bit more about him. So, Jack, are you there? Jack, are you there? Yep. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Um, no problem. So I wanted to talk to you about your, um, well, about, uh, several things, actually. But first of all, obviously, let's kind of introduce people to who you are. I'm sure they know you, obviously, especially by your beautiful face. But I wonder if uh-huh. uh, <laughs> you could tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. You you uh, obviously are most well-known, I think, for having been on Project Runway um, years ago. Um, right. how, how did you come to come to be on Project Runway? What was that journey like? Yeah, I was. Um, I came to New York in God, I'm going to age myself so badly. That <laughs> it's okay. I moved to New York in 1990 uh-huh. to go to Parsons Parsons School of Design, where they uh, actually filmed the show for a long time. Yes. And, um, yeah, I was just a working fashion designer and in the industry, and um, most people kind of have, I think, because of Project Runway, have a kind of skewed vision and idea of what fashion designers really do but mm-hmm. um i just worked my way from like being an assistant through various levels and um i never really did super high-end stuff and i never worked for myself i worked for tommy hilfiger i worked for levi's i worked wow. for american eagle like that was kind of my tier mm-hmm. um the job i had right before i auditioned for the show was i was the creative director at a company called weatherproof which is mainly outerwear. Uh, Al, Al Rooker used to be our spokesperson. Yeah. Because um, he's so weatherman. Uh-huh. And <laughs> um, it was a fine job. You know, I made a, a really good salary, but I was really boring, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then right about that time, uh, Project Runway started the show, and I was glued to the television, like, ever since the very first season. I was like, the show's amazing. And so I actually auditioned for season three. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make it on. And I'm actually, I was a primarily a menswear designer on the show, obviously women's wear. Yes. They had a, uh, totally ironically, they had a menswear challenge on our season. Wow. Which was a fiasco <laughs> and they had never to ever do it again. Cause it was, <laughs> menswear is all about tailoring and nuance. And then when you do that, <laughs> it's way more difficult than women's wear, believe it or not. So yeah, yeah I auditioned for season three. I didn't make it on. Um, and then I auditioned for season four, and the audition pro- process is crazy. It's about four months long of oh my god, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, it's like filling out, you know, 30 page interview or, you know, a 30 page written questionnaire. And then, you know, if they call you back or you keep staying in the process, you um, go through various like critiques and callbacks. And then you go show up in person with a bunch of your designs. They used to sort of televise that part. Um, yeah, they did. Sometimes they do now and sometimes they don't. They didn't televise our season of, mm-hmm. I think it's called like Road to the Runway or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I met with Tim and all the panel of judges. And then you have 48 hours after that to make a video because they don't want you to make some crazy produced thing. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you just wait. And I remember... I was coming out of my gym and I got a phone call from the production company and they're like, you're on season four of Patrick Conway. Oh my God. I screamed screamed really loud. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. And then they told me, um, and you're sworn to secrecy and you can't tell anyone. Oh my God. Oh my God. How hard was that? (laughs) It was so bizarre. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. Of course I called my mom and my sister immediately and told them, but, um, (laughs) this was also 2000 and, I believe so uh-huh. you know I mean it's not like Twitter it hadn't even happened I right <laughs> barely Facebook, yeah Facebook I, to, give, to give you an idea when I came off the show we all had MySpace accounts oh <laughs> my god <laughs> we, we were all posting all our information and stuff on MySpace and then when everybody started switching over to Facebook I was like are you kidding me <laughs> I've spent like hours and hours and hours building this goddamn MySpace page so <laughs> So yeah, but that that was pretty much it, and it was interesting. Like, dude, it was a crazy experience. Well, yeah, and and yeah. So it sounds like, in some ways, it's pretty grueling just getting on the show alone, and then getting on the show oh, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um to get, to, to get there. Well, because the thing is, you to I mean, you know, it's, it's a highly produced show, and what you see is not exactly always. Yeah, tell me about that. I'd like to hear about that. What's that about? (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, so I think, you know, in defense of the designers that appear on the show, Mm -hmm. everything that we do is is 100% real. Right. You know, there's basically how it works is they um, give you a challenge and they say um, you have half an hour to go to mood and literally... We have a half an hour by fabric, and if, you, if you've never been to Mood or don't know anything about it's it, huge. it's five floors <laughs> of fabric. Yeah, and we had to pick out everything we need, and they literally give you a half hour. So mm. you're running around screening. Wow. Um, and you know they put us in a workroom, and we we, we travel in a pack because uh-huh. uh, well, this is all you know. Also, I don't know how it's changed since it's gone from Bravo to Lifetime. Yeah. But, you know, we the show was so popular at the time mm-hmm. that we had stalkers that would follow us around, you know, <laughs> would sit at Parsons. So even if you were eliminated, you still had to stick with the group because they would know who put it on. Oh, wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and then they would give us a challenge by the time, and, uh, and they would put us in the workroom at, let's say, noon and they'd say you have till midnight finish it mm, and God. that was it and so um yeah and then the other thing i think that people are always shocked to find out is there were no days off so when it looks like a week on television it's actually two days oh my so god we would have a challenge and then we would go home that night and sleep for full four hours and another challenge and then get up at five the cameras would come back up at five <sighs> and then we would go back to the workroom and uh, finish up whatever, and and then we'd go into the makeup and hair thing with the models, and then we would do the film the runway show, which t- would take the rest of the evening. It looks like it's very fast, right. of course. 
the models all walk four or five times each so they can get oh, all the really? proper footage and then the critiques <laughs> last for like three hours. Oh my god. Standing there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they make everyone cry and they're super <laughs> mean. And look, like I was happen to be really lucky. Um Yeah. I don't know if you really remember my season. I remember your but, season, um, yeah. I do. I never was in the bottom three mm-hmm. and I won the mentor challenge and then I left in the middle of the fifth challenge. Right. Yes. So I never had a bad critique ever. But like people cried and they would tell you, you know, it's for television. They want good ratings. So of the, course. the you know, Nina was known as kind of the mean one, mm-hmm. even though she's my favorite one. She's super nice in real life. Oh really? <laughs> but she Oh yeah. But she would rip you apart because you know they want good tv so so it it, was pretty crazy so yeah the whole season from start to finish films in about 35 days wow wow yeah yeah (laughs) so that's that's like an impossible situation i mean it's amazing to me that anybody puts anything out in that situation at all i mean that's crazy that's the thing that's why i also really think that the casting is so crucial because you have to be able to sew. I mean, most of the, half the, like the majority of fashion designers that I know don't know how to sew. They have somebody like else do. You kind it. of know basic construction, and mm-hmm. so you need to know how to sew because we made everything ourselves, but from scratch. You have to know how to pattern make. You have to know how to draft. You have to have good taste, and then even more than all that, you have to be good television. Right. <laughs> so finding that skill set is is really hard to do. And, you know, there was a, there was a guy on my season. I remember named Marion who you won't remember because Mm -hmm. he was boring and they (laughs) actually, and get this and no one's really supposed to know this, Uh but whatever, (laughs) they can't sue me at this point. Exactly. But they had the order in which we would be voted off was decided before we even got on the show. Okay. Stop. (laughs) What? Yep. Wait. Yep. So so (laughs) the reason I know that is because when, so the, in the first week at some point, we go to a studio or we went to a studio and I think it was in New Jersey. It might have been Brooklyn. I don't know. We were so tired at that point <laughs> where we do all the commercials and all the promo and we shoot all that stuff. And so, so someone and there's production people all over and we're not, we're not allowed to talk to them. We can only talk to each other. Like that was the whole thing. And so Someone, uh, one of the producers, and we're bored half the time. We're like sitting around. Right? Sure, so you one are. One of the producers had left this book, and one of the people in our group picked it up, <sighs> and it had our bios, what order we thought they thought we'd be getting voted off on, like all these insider secrets. Oh my! And like, God. yeah. So, so, so it's I not. Think fl- I think I think that's totally fluid. Yeah. But um. But, you know, for example, they saw this kid named Marion mm-hmm. from all the stuff he'd submitted and all the his portfolio. They thought he was going to be the winner. Uh-huh. And it, when he got in front of the camera, he was like Cindy Brady. He was completely <laughs> silent. So he was the second person voted off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. So yeah. so do you think – so you, you said you said the way you worded it was the order in which they thought people would be voted off, meaning that's how they wanted it to happen, or do you think that's how they just sort of planned it? I mean, what do you mean by well, that? So, so this is my theory mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's, it's quote-unquote reality TV. Yeah. So, you know, they – but, of course, it's – the production company's job is to make number one, make good television and get good ratings. And number two, be cost effective. So they are trying to control and, 
script as much of it as they can while keeping us in the dark. Gotcha. So they, you know, the, the more they have it controlled, the easier it is for them to edit. And so what they would do, like for, there's a couple tricks, like, you know how um, I haven't watched the show in a few years now, really? but in the in the <laughs> olden days, um, it always seems like whatever Tim said would happen on the runway. Uh, well, they would yeah. back edit him, so they would go and figure out what was happening on the runway, which may or may not have been influenced by the pro- the producers mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they would go and edit. Tim would spend like half an hour with each of us, mm-hmm. but it looks like five minutes. He does. So in somewhere somewhere in there, there's always a kernel of what happens at the end. So it was all editing and uh. producing and, you know, not to burst anyone's bubble, because I think in reality, everyone knows that it's, it's not all real. Quote, quote, unquote, but, right, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, they... It was pretty crazy. Well, um, I, I know you said you don't watch the show really now, but there was a, I think it was last season, um, after an after the show type reunion type thing or whatever they did. And somebody had actually made that accusation stating, stating that, that the show is somewhat rigged. And Tim said, bullshit or something like that. I mean, he was something completely out of character, but they, they aired that and he was very taken yeah. aback by that. So I, I, so you feel in your opinion, if, what your experience was that there's definitely parts of it that are predetermined. Oh God. Yeah. yeah like, okay. I know for a fact. Okay. I mean, of course <laughs> it's Tim's show. I right. Mean, he's, what's he going to say? Of course. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure he's contracted to say all that. We had to sign <laughs> our lives away. I'm we sure had to you sign did. This crazy disclosure agreement, you know, that they could sue us. If we told, if we leaked anything, oh my. they would sue us for a million dollars. And you know, none of us had a million dollars. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for example, I heard from some of the other designers that run, I think the first, season of all stars uh-huh. where mondo won yes mondo Guerra. yes well they all signed contracts that he was going to win before the show started okay stop you're blowing my mind yeah <laughs> oh my yeah God. what so, apparently he what i've heard yes is that he actually was the only one who wasn't in on it oh because so, uh, what happened with his season is um the season uh, he was on the show, I think it was season eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was the fan favorite and slated to win. And then for some reason, he did his grown aggression. I remember. Yeah. Um, and I think it was because a woman hadn't won in a while and it was, uh, the, it's recently switched to lifetime uh, and that's their demographic mm-hmm. and they wanted a woman to win and all that stuff. So people were really pissed and thought Mondo got cheated. So like, Immediately after I got, they came out with an all-star show. So they show. bring him he back. magically won. Uh-huh. So, you know, it is what it is. It's well, still, you know, it's, it's still good TV. <laughs> yes, it is very good TV, and that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but but mm-hmm. I, getting back to you, when you when you, you left the show, I remember, um, because of a health scare, wasn't that the reason? I can't remember exactly. It was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was... Um, yeah, I got a, uh, it's called MRSA. It's a, oh, it's a, a bad infection. infection. Yes. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And I got it in my nose. And <sighs> I think I attribute it to the fact that um, literally we would get home at night at two and we would wake up at five. Mm-hmm. And after, granted, I was only on the show 12 days. Because, right. Because, you know, it's, habit, you know, I think I, I made it through four and a half challenges. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, blew my face up so fast. I mean, I, we actually left set and I went to the doctor and, you know, got an IV for yeah. a day and then I came back and then we tried to make it work, but 
it just wasn't happening. And I, um, so I finally was like, I have to leave. And so that was rough. So but, yeah. you, were, you were disappointed. I mean, it was a disappointment, disappointment for you then definitely to do have to do that. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, things happen. I don't know if it happened for a reason, but <laughs> you make the best, you make the best out of what happens, to whatever us. circumstance you're given. And yeah. you know, I'm the guy that people remember because they remember, you know, I say to people all the time, people are like, Oh, you look familiar. And I'm not that guy. Like, yeah. I was on Project Runway 18 years ago. So I was like, I'm like, Oh, um, and then, you know, if it comes out that I was in the show, they're like, Oh, right. What season were you? And I was like, I was that guy on season four, the left in the middle. And they're like, Oh, oh my God. I totally cried when you left. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Well, yeah, so, and so speaking of, I mean, we were talking about, so you're definitely a huge HIV advocate, and obviously right. and that's that's great and wonderful, and, and how did you, you've been positive since you were like, I think you said, I can't remember, I read 19 or something, it was younger, right? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, 20. 20, 20 yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, now that you're in the age you are now, whatever that might be, <laughs> do well, I'll be, I'll, oh my God, I'll be 45 next month. Oh my God. I wish, I hope I look as good as you at 45. Jesus Christ. You're amazing. <laughs> wow. Well, you have nothing to worry about. Um, well, I think that that's great. But I mean, so when you were, when you first came out, you know, with, uh, or you first came to the conclusion or realization that you had HIV uh, versus now, how are you dealing with it now versus when, um, when uh, you were diagnosed, which I assume was in the nineties or early nineties or. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, nine. I, I zero converted. I track it back to, uh, 89. Okay. And then I found out in 1990 when I actually developed, um, well, you know, they call it AIDS because I had an opportunistic infection, although my two cells were Low. fine. And actually, oh, I spoke to someone recently and so they're going to try to start phasing out the word AIDS, especially in the U.S. because... Oh, really? Because it's real... Well, because... Stigmatized. It's, it's, well, because basically now it's a chronic illness and it's basically living with HIV if you're right. medicated. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway, that's another whole discussion. Um, well, in 1990... Everyone was dying. I mean, it was a death sentence. Exactly. So I pretty much figured I had between, you know, two and five years to live. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with that information? It's like, okay, I'm a kid. Like, I just moved to New York. <laughs> I'm going to design school. Um, I kind of freaked out, obviously, for a little while. I, I actually was one of those people who didn't. I told my best friend that same day. Um, That's good. And he was like, oh, my God. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, actually, I remember... I'm on a swim team and I've been a swimmer since I was a kid. I went to swim practice that day. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a weird, like, and you know, I, it, it, it was, I think I was a little bit in shock. I don't even, honestly, I don't remember. It was 20, <laughs> 24 years ago. Yeah. So I just remember thinking, Oh, Oh shit. And I don't know if I can swear on the show or not, but, um, <laughs> no, um, you can, this is, the, I, trust me, this is the kind uh, of show yeah. you can curse on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I freaked out about it for a little while. Um, I think I was always fairly open about it. People knew. Um, also back then, you know, a lot of people were dying. So it was, a, uh, the gay culture was more compassionate, I think. Um, and less, you know, judgmental and less the stigma wasn't so crazy as it is now. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, and then I told my, I had a partner named Greg Butler who passed away in 1996. Oh. And so that's when I told my, family. Um, but by then I was already on, there was a medication called Tomavir mm-hmm. and there was another one that actually worked. I've always responded really well to medication. So 
um, yeah, I told my mom, and of course she was really upset and whatever. And there still wasn't any, you know, the medications we had now uh, have now, so we're not out and about. So, um, but I was doing really well, and the fact that I was doing really well was a bit of a consolation. So, well, that's good. Um, it, it, yeah, and, how, and then in terms of now, yeah, now it's really interesting. You know, I actually work. Um, and we'll get into the whole HIV equal campaign and yes. what I'm doing now, but. Um, I work for a company called World Health, World Health Clinicians, mm-hmm. and I do PR and marketing stuff for them, and I develop that campaign. And um, and they actually, the lead physician, Gary Blixer, who's our chief medical officer, actually last week was out at a medical conference, and the doctors have been just coming. You can look it up in the media. It's been um, circulating. Doctors have uh, done been doing a two-year study which it will, there's, it's still ongoing, but the, um, some of the data has been released mm-hmm. with uh, serodiscordant couples where one's HIV positive and on medication right. and undetectable, and the other one is HIV negative. And it doesn't transmit. And they practice completely unprotected sex. Right. But not in monogamous, un- unprotected sex right. where one partner is HIV positive and one's HIV negative. And it's basically been determined that if the person mm-hmm. is, is HIV positive, is on meds, and, and maintains undetectable status, meaning like you can't find it in their blood, right. that you cannot transmit the virus. Right. I read that. So it's yes. actually really important data that I don't know why it's not more front page news, but yeah. HIV is sort of dropped off the radar. But That's it's really promising. You know, my, my boyfriend's negative, and yeah. um, I've actually maintained that sort of for a long time. It makes sort of logical sense that if you can't locate HIV in the body, in the person's yeah. bodily fluids, and right. how do they transmit it? Exactly. So. Yeah. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. I read that too. And speaking of today, so what about, um, my question, I guess would be, how do you feel about, um, the kind of, um, way, I think it's a generational thing. I mean, at least I know I'm, I'm, I'm 38 and I'll be 39 soon. Mm-hmm. So we're somewhat in the same range. And, and right. I think, you know, when I was in, in the nineties, I knew, oh my God, you got to practice safe sex. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like a big deal. And because right. the previous generation, the eighties were you know, all dying, you know, dying of AIDS and et cetera. And so it was a big deal in the nineties. Now, um, the millennials, I guess we'll say, or whatever the kids today, folks, <laughs> I'm getting old too. Um, they're, right. They're like um, not as concerned with getting HIV. They think of it as something that's not a big deal. And I, even though it is a chronic thing, don't you still feel that it's not something you should want to try to obtain or get or, you know what I mean, to practice safe sex? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's listen, there's not a right answer. It's really tricky because um, it's a double-edged sword. You want to say to people that are HIV positive or might be or, and take away the fear of testing and say, like, listen, hey, it's it's, it's a really manageable illness, and right. you can take one pill a day, and I mean, that's all true, and right. they actually think, say, you know, if you find out, but there's a lot of ifs in this yes. whole equation. Like, if you find out, and if you get tested, like, within the, you know, fairly soon after you uh, soon or convert, and then if you get on medications pretty readily, you can lead a normal life and have an expect a normal lifespan. I think it's like two years less on an HIV negative person, Uh something crazy like that. But, you know, on the flip side, wouldn't you rather not have to take medication? And wouldn't you, you know, first of all, all these medications get pushed through really quickly. I'm on stuff that was only been out for five years. So Mm -hmm. they don't really, I, I don't think I have any side effects, but they don't really know long-term right. I mean, everything, 
you know, it may come out 20 years from now that there's a lot of issues that go on that they don't know about. So, exactly. um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, basically for me, the message that I really drill into people's heads is get tested often and, you know, regularly and just know your status. Always, always, always know your status. Because, right. That's you know, power. There's, yes, and and you're either negative, which is awesome, mm-hmm. and you should say negative, mm-hmm. uh, or you're positive, which the treatments are great. Yes, and then you can get on treatment. So, and the, and you know, with this new knowledge we have that if you're undetectable, you can't transmit the virus. Well, then you know, just the fifty thousand new cases a year that that's been that's been pretty sad. Planning on traveling this summer. Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Since we've had all this information and we've mm-hmm. been pushing condoms and all that stuff, the transmission rate really hasn't gone down. So if everyone got tested, it would like plummet. We should we should all be either on meds or negative. Like, yes. It, it, so yeah, but you know, certainly if you're negative, stay negative. Believe me, it's one less thing to worry about. Well, yeah, me. and I kind of think of it like people people who have maybe like diabetes or something. It's like um, okay, you know, you don't want to get diabetes, um, so this is how you prevent it. So try to prevent it. But right. if you do get diabetes, then you can control it with this type of medication or whatever. It's the same thing I think with HIV today. Wouldn't you agree to some degree anyway? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I think that there's a different component for HIV just because what. What often now I find with the young kids and, and people reach out to me like all the time, probably. That's wonderful. I get two or three. Yeah, I get two or three Facebook or emails a day, which it's, um, it's a lot, but it's good. But, but yeah, what people will find also is like, do you, do you want to be ostracized by your own community? Because the stigma is the, the real disease here. Right. You know? um, I think uh, Peter Staley, who's an amazing activist and was, mm-hmm. you know, the founder, one of the founders of Act Up. And yeah. People can look him up. He's amazing. But he just wrote a, a really great article, I think, for the New York Times, um, where it was initially published, about the whole gay on gay shaming and calling people like two auto whores if they take prep. And mm-hmm. it's all this stuff where it's like, listen, within our own community, we're judging us that nobody, so nobody wants to be honest about their status. Like, if you figure in any major metropolitan city like New York, San Francisco, LA, whatever, mm-hmm. one in five gay men is HIV positive. Wow. And, right. So that's, that's 20% of that's the gay population. <laughs> and how many people do you know that talk openly about their HIV status? Oh, exactly. No. Yeah. It's, None. No, yeah. Like literally nobody. I mean, the fact that you're talking to me, <laughs> who's some old 
Jesus reality hacks from, <laughs> you know, eight years ago. And, <laughs> and like me and Mondo and a handful of other people. And yes. Greg Luganis and Magic Johnson. There's like 12, you know, quote unquote famous people that will talk about their HIV status. And right. that just show, goes to show you how strong the stigma still is. So how do we, how do we overcome, how do we as a community overcome the stigma of HIV and, or just in general, I think that how is there, how is it we can help that move forward? Um, I don't know. I mean, I get asked that question all the time and I just don't think there's an easy answer. I think, you know, with anything, like let's say you can compare it to gay marriage or mm-hmm. the civil rights movement or anything that where there's change and it's about visibility. Like, yeah. so how did, how did gay people get marriage equality rights? I know we're not there yet, but it was familiarity and people that are, Knowing you know, are in opposition, right. understanding that we're not going to change marriage for them and that we're not a threat. And so I think the same thing really needs to be done with HIV and people need to start talking about it and come out about it. And say like, hey, and people will be like, oh, you're the first HIV positive person I've ever met. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> that you know of. You just don't know. Yes. Like we're everywhere. Yes. Just like gay people would say, yeah, we're everywhere. You just don't know it. And I'm like, yeah, we are because statistics show that we are. So right. Um, you know, I it's about visibility. It's about that's why I keep jammering on and yammering on <laughs> about it and trying to be visible and out there and talk about it. But I don't know if it's gonna change so much um my personal belief is there will be you know there's there's all this talk now about a functional cure and shots that keep people undetectable for you know months at a time and i honestly believe that the cure and um or a vaccination or something like that will happen before people start stop judging i agree yes I agree with you. And do you do you feel do you feel um, proud to sort of be somewhat? I don't know if I can put it this way: somewhat of the HIV poster boy, positive poster boy, uh, in the gay community. Or are you sick of being that? Or or what is it you feel about that? Yeah, no. Um, proud is a good word, I guess. Um, I think I've helped a lot of people. I mean, I know sure. I have. Um, yeah on a one-on-one basis and you know i've had people write me letters that say like i was going to kill myself especially from uh countries that aren't quite as developed and the information's not out there as much so yeah. you, you know they find out this thing and then the, you know we think the stigma's out here in a lot of other countries it's like you know even homosexuality is illegal so i know people yeah. find out and they're like oh, i was going to kill myself and then i google it online and i found out about you and you look the way you do. And I was like, Oh my God, I can maybe have a normal life. So mm-hmm. that's great. Um, Good. You know, it, I wish there were more people in doing what I do. And there are, of course, you know, I, I mean, I'm not that, the activists that are not necessarily someone you have seen on TV. So right. there are a lot of people doing a lot of really great work. I just think it's, you know, it's the number one health issue for gay men right now, and no one's talking about it, really, um, in large quantities. So, um, yeah, but I'm proud to do what I do. I mean, I after, it's interesting, after Project Runway, my options were sort of, all right, do I go back and design? And right. um, I've now had this voice in the HIV arena, and then Mark Pharmaceuticals uh, approached me on June's education mm-hmm. campaign, and I did it for four years, and... You know, so then I was like, well, 
okay, what do I want to do with myself? I kind of did the design thing. Like, am I going to go back into the cubicle and work at a boring company? <laughs> or do I keep doing what I'm doing? So that's how I kind of got the job at World Health Nations because I I wanted to keep working in the HIV field because I do think what I, what I have to say uh, resonates with people and makes a difference and, you know... So that's I great. Just, I agree with you. I, yeah. think, I think you've made a difference and that's what's, that's, what's wonderful. I think that anybody who can make a difference with their voice is, is incredible. So that's wonderful that you've been able to do that. Um, Thank you. and what about, um, I remember there was a website that you had started called voltage a while, as it called voltage. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. 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 Tell yeah. me about that. Uh, let's, let's pimp that out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, it's, uh, for your listeners, it's voltage.com and, um, it's V O L T T A G E. Um, the initial logo had was the T's were like positive signs. Yes. So it was, um, but we scrapped that and when, when if you look up just regular voltage with one T, it's an electrical company. So that's not what you're looking for. <laughs> okay. But basically, what it was is it was my answer to um, the common complaint and question that I get from HIV positive guys that are like, "Oh my God, dating is so hard. Mm. When do I disclose? I feel so." you know, like I'm totally going to be judged. And unfortunately that is the reality for a lot of people. And, and, um, I don't know if you know the term zero sorting, Yes. but, um, it's a, it doesn't, well, first of all, explain what it is, but it doesn't work, <laughs> but it's a practice that actually HIV positive people do it too, but for a different reason, mm-hmm. but it's the act of trying to segregate and only sleep with, people of your own status. So right. people put in their negative HIV, negative people put in their profile, negative UV2, all that stuff, which it's silly because mm-hmm. it, first of all, you're people, trusting someone to tell you, like unless lie. you go with them and get their HIV results. Like, yes. It's really a moot question. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, but so, you know, the, the other thing it just does is it actually encourages people to lie if they are positive because you feel judged. And mm-hmm. so it's just a lose-lose proposition. So Voltage was created for HIV positive men. Um, there's really, there's a few other HIV dating sites, but they're um, all inclusive, mm-hmm. meaning which is great, but it's women and, right. and it's bisexual and trans and which I, I love being inclusive, but it, it wasn't what I would look for. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's just uh, the premise of Voltage was that we actually don't even ask HIV status. Mm. We just assume that you are because wow. that's what you should do in life. That's right. That's a great point. That's so great. it's just really turned out to be great. Um, you know, I know we're, we started a year, a year ago mm-hmm. and so something that we're over 10,000, 12,000 members, um, mostly in the U.S., but it's all from word of mouth. We don't do any advertising. It's totally free to join. So, um, yeah, and I mean, I know I've heard from a lot of people that even if they're not looking to date or hook up necessarily, that they feel like, you know, they can chat with people and ask questions, and it's become a really good forum for that as well. That's and wonderful. We have actually a blog attached to it called Voltage Buzz, and we print, you know, we have three or four contributors. It it could be, a, it, it can and it will be a lot uh, more robust and yeah. more interesting and have a lot more content, but we just, it's me and two to design guys and yeah. we all have other jobs. And, of course, it's not easy. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And how, that was a few years ago, right? You started that, I think, a few years ago? or I started it, um, I think it was October of, not this past October, but the October before. So it's been, okay. oh, a year and a half now. 
Oh, it's only been that long. Okay, it seems longer because I remember reading about it, but that's great though. Um, Yeah, and I I think that you're right. I think that's a great um, way to look at it. Just assuming anybody is HIV positive is the way you should be because as you you stated, people will lie or people will not know or people will think they know and they don't know or their status will change overnight because, you know, they sleep with someone after they've gotten the results, you know, they don't know. So that's a great way. That's a great irony now, especially with this. I knew knew the the data that came out. I've been consuming that for a long time but now actually it's interesting it's like if if we're just talking about HIV mm-hmm. an undetectable HIV positive person is the safest person you can have sex with yeah because we know what our status is and we'll told you and right. you know what I mean yes. so um, everyone else has a lot of you know there's there's variables that they may or may not be telling the truth or they may not even know mm-hmm. or when was their last test and that's kind of the strange irony all this but the other thing is it's like I also don't want to, um, you know, people are, the, the, one of the arguments that comes fairly quickly after, oh, it, you, you, you know, you can't get HIV from an uncheckable person. And that's like, oh, well, are you going to take that risk? And mm-hmm. plus there's a lot of other things out there that you can catch. Exactly. You, you know, if you're out and about and you're not in a monogamous, monogamous mm-hmm. relationship, you just do what humans do. And it's not, it shouldn't be <laughs> shameful. Like, right. if you want to sleep with a lot of people, then sleep with okay. a lot of people. Yeah. Like, know that you either should use condom yes. or you're going to catch something. Protect yourself. Yes, yes. That's, that's, that's your choice. And I, I really try not to put a judgment on that at I agree. all. I agree. Like, some people don't want to use condoms and they're never going to. Mm-hmm. There, is, there is that for the people, but just know that's okay but you will catch a venereal disease. <laughs> Eventually, for sure. You will. It's yes. statistic. It's statistic. Yes, so. yes. Yeah, because there's, like you said, there's many things to worry about other than just HIV. There's syphilis. There's uh, gonorrhea. I mean, there's like, it goes on and on and on. Herpes. Yeah, on and, and on and on. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, hello. Um, yeah, and I don't even know, honestly, today, considering the other things you can get, that HIV, I mean, I'm not trying to downplay this, the severity of the disease, but is even the most horrible thing you can get among some of the things you could get otherwise. I mean, seriously, there's some really bad things that don't necessarily have cures. So, um, but that's great. Um, what about the HIV equal campaign you were talking about earlier? Um, tell me about that. Yeah. Well, um, so, uh, about, I think it was June. I went, uh, to this company called world health clinicians They're based out. You can go to world health clinicians. It's a mouthful.org. <laughs> um, but they, I went out and spoke for their ribbon cutting ceremony. It's their nonprofit organization and they're attached to a clinic and a pharmacy and they have like a community group. Uh, it's an LGBT center up there. And actually, I'm out of Norwalk, Connecticut, so I commute an hour and a half each morning. Oh, wow. Which, That's I a know, long but, commute. Like, feel bad. You, for that, through HIV, you can feel sorry for me because I have to do that five times a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I went and spoke at their ribbon cutting ceremony, and they, the, the Gary Blick, who's the uh, chief medical officer, who I mentioned, pulled me aside and was like, "We'd love to kind of maybe talk about working in a larger capacity with you." And I was like, "I'm game." Like I, you know, I've been working for myself for uh, doing that gig with Merck and working for myself on and off for five years, and I was kind of ready to go back and just have a normal job and a, and a paycheck that was coming in on a regular basis. Sure. So. Um, so the, yeah, there was a, a guy there already doing their, uh, creative content named Thomas Evans, who's a photographer and I'd actually shot with him before in the city and I knew who he was and they wanted to start some sort of, uh, HIV outreach photo campaign. They didn't really know what that looked like. And, and I came in and actually I, I 
thought of that for the program in 48 hours. <laughs> wow. I was like, what about something, you know, I was like HIV negative, HIV positive. I'm like, what if we did something like HIV equal? And so it's, uh, our website is HIV equal, like spelled out dot org. Okay. Um, and the closest thing to compare it to is the business model of the no hate campaign. Yes. Um, and actually, Adam Booth guy called him before we launched our campaign, and I'm like, "Listen, we're <laughs> going to be drawing comparisons to yours, and if you're not cool with it, like, yes, let me know. Let me know." But he gave us our blessing and actually posed for the campaign. But what awesome. what happens is um, the cool thing about HIV Equal, it's a photo campaign. People come, and wherever we're holding our events, mm-hmm. um, they show up. They uh, there's an intake process. Mm-hmm. They get an, an, a rapid HIV test. Yes. Before they get the results, as the results are processing, they participate in the photo shoot. And it's similar to No Hate in the sense that, so we have a, a pink sticker that's HIV equal with the equal sign, mm-hmm. playing on the you know positive or negative sort of thing. Um, they get photographed, and then they pick a status word, because we were kind of reclaiming the word status, like uh-huh. you know Facebook status, HIV status, whatever. So mine was uh, fearless, and then... <laughs> Uh, they, you know, you get your results back. It's all very, that, the testing part of it is all very confidential. And actually, if you're already HIV positive and you are concerned about it or don't want to disclose, you're only disclosing to one person. It's gotcha. just like you're going in for an HIV test, but we don't retest positive people. I see. So, because I know some people are like, I, you know, I want to be in the campaign, but I don't, I'm weird. And well, I'm like, I got you, girl. Like, don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, the photos, are you know shared through social media and our website and we have an instagram account and a twitter account and um it's been really amazing you know we launched october 15th and i think we've tested and photographed over 400 people and we're just getting started so that's great we have an event on friday at sydney purchase we are going to the two colors event at yukon oh, wow. uh, the next weekend we have an event at the end of may in new york city then we go to P-Town, and then we're doing wow. D.C., and then uh, I think we'll do a couple other local events in Connecticut, and then we're ending up uh, World AIDS Day. We're doing a big thing in San Francisco, and that's our first calendar year. So wow. then we'll try to – then we're going to try to – Spread you know, out. Get, yeah, spread it out yeah. and um, – it, yeah, it's, it's really been amazing. So, so. It basically, I mean, really, um, uh, the campaign itself is fa- is fantastic, but also the fact that you're testing people. You know, you're, everybody's getting tested. Yeah, that's our goal. I mean, the, the, our our um, target market is really the young men, mm-hmm. uh, sex with men, right. uh, like 16 to 34. I mean, that's like 90% of the new yeah. HIV cases in, in, in the U.S., so we just were trying to think of how do we reach that generation of people mm-hmm. that, you know, are so tapped into social media and so tapped into like Instagram and selfies and all that stuff. I'm like, why don't we take pictures of them? So, and Adam Busca, <laughs> like, I love him. He's a great guy. And that, I think what he did, I think the No Hate campaign changed the, the national dialogue about marriage equality. Oh, yeah. It totally did. Um so we're just hoping to do, you know, a small percentage of the same thing with HIV stigma and HIV testing. And yeah, we're really out there testing people. And, yeah. you know, that part of it's totally confidential. It's when I want to reiterate, it's not at all about whether you're HIV positive right. or negative. Right. Um, our tagline is actually everybody has an HIV status. Mm-hmm. We're all HIV equal, like, which is true. We That's all have right. an HIV status. That's right. We're either negative or positive, mm-hmm. but we're all equally valuable. 
So Absolutely. it shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be judging someone because of their HIV status. Absolutely. You should uh, talk to, uh, I mean, not that I'm not, like she's completely available or whatever, but Annie Lennox, you know, she is, I'm sure. She's oh, a very yeah. huge I mean, advocate. On my short list. Oh I, yes. If you ever, if you ever number. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but if I did, I'd give it to you because she she's yeah, a huge advocate. I mean, you know, we <clears throat> there is. First of all, we are photographing everyone. Like you know, it's not about celebrities, but it is about celebrities because celebrities get the media attention. Exactly. So, yeah, we reached out to um, a lot of margaret show who i know you've interviewed yes love her her. yes uh, you know they're all people are busy you know celebrities are busy and they're doing lots of things and you know we're not we're a non-profit we're not paying anyone so (laughs) when it works out it's great um so you know we've we've had some success i especially considering the first outreach was nobody had heard of the campaign and yeah. I mean, it was sort of based on the fact that people trusted me because I am a fairly trusted voice within the HIV community. So we photographed Billy Porter from Kinky Boots. Um, <laughs> we photographed uh, Bianca Del Rio, who's a friend of mine who's on this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. So uh-huh. by the way, you should go on your show because she's freaking hilarious. <laughs> I would love it. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of like uh, reality stars, we, we photographed the, uh, the congressman and the senator from Connecticut. Um, that's great. You know, a lot of, a lot of New York based nightlife. And we went out to LA and shot like sweet Selena Luna. Um, is there a like, way you know, model? Is mo- it there what? I was going to, sorry. I was going to say, is there a way for you to, I mean, I know it's like a, it's a nonprofit and everything, but eventually or ultimately is your goal possibly to have it kind of a national type of a, I mean, more of a presence in more locations than just where you are yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what we want to do in the way that no hate did it is we want New York city to be our home base. Gotcha. Um, kind of where, because everyone comes in and out of New York City. Ground zero. So, yeah. eventually. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know what that looks like yet. Literally, we only started six months ago, and it's just It's already done so wonderfully. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's our hope, and, our, and we have a lot of plans in our mind. I don't know where that's all going to go. <laughs> um, but we, you know, we're pretty mobile, and... That's and that's good. what we, I mean. I know if you're pretty familiar with uh, Adam Buska and his partner, I think it's Jeff Parsley and No Hate. They, yeah, they they have this such a great brand now that they just post on Facebook. Yeah. Hey, coming to Austin, exactly. Texas, coming to Dallas, and then yes. you know, 500 people show up. Yes. and they just shoot all day. <laughs> it's so fantastic. That's yeah. where we would like to get. That was my it's question. A little bit yes. of a harder sell because we are also dealing with requiring people to take an HIV test. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, people should be very okay with that and should want another status. But of course, there's a lot of yeah, but that's also the, baggage that goes along. That's that. also the good part of it, though. Even though people may be uncomfortable about it, some people initially, uh, the fact that they'll get their picture taken and all the fun part of it may actually encourage them to do so. And I think that's what's part great about what you're doing. So that's great. yeah, that, and that's really the whole point. And you would be so surprised. I mean, the what that's what everyone says when yes. they're done. And like, I mean, people like myself, or and I'm assuming you, and people that are like. Fairly well educated and of a certain generation and whatever yeah. we know when we know our status right. we get tested on a regular basis because mm-hmm. we know it's important. But yeah. 
you know, young kids, like we run into like 25, 26, 27 year old gay guys who are like, oh, I've never been tested before. Isn't that fascinating? Like, it's like wow. crazy. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, we test a lot of straight women and stuff yes. like that who think it doesn't affect them. And mm-hmm. they're like, listen, it's a mouth swab. They it, just rub a Q-tip on the inside of your, exactly. inside of your mouth. And 20 minutes later, it's You'll active know. or non-reactive. So it's pretty easy and you should be doing it. Like if you're a gay guy, I'm sorry, you should be doing it Every six months. You can do it at home. Yeah, you you can do it at home, exactly. You should be doing it every three months. No, that Jack, that's what you need to do. You need to make a little uh, self-home kit that you can market with yourself on it. That would sell. (laughs) 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 Then these these young guys would buy it, trust me. They'll buy it then. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, maybe Oraquick should make their package more sexy. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Men's for men's sex pack. Yes, 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 yes. And leave some, I don't know, some flavored lube in there or something. I don't know, whatever. But, uh, (laughs) congratulations celebrate your status anyway uh but no look uh, it's been great talking to you i really appreciate you talking taking the time to talk to me today you're just a delight you're fun to talk to you're intelligent and i love what you're doing with um hiv equal um as well as voltage and your voice it's fantastic so i really thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today thank you so much my pleasure and, and um, yeah, send me when you're done. Send me all the links to whatever, and I'll post it over. I'm a social media whore. So oh, awesome! I will. Yeah, people <laughs> can follow me on Twitter. I think I have ninety thousand followers now. And thank you, Facebook, and I'm so super easy to find. So uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank Anytime. you, Jack. Yeah, thank you so much. And by the way, I'll try to get in touch with. Was it Bianca you mentioned from RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah, I yeah. have her information. If you if you can trade me, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a Bianca for a Margaret show. How's that? That sounds great. <laughs> we'll try that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Have a All good right. day. Talk okay. to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was Jack McEnroth, a great guy, fun to talk to. Um, and I love what he's doing. I love what he's doing with um, his voice, what he's using his voice for, what he's kind of parlayed his his um, his um, his fame or whatever from... Um, from Project Runway into doing something really meaningful and great for the gay community and the, and the world community, working for AIDS and HIV education, speaking out about it and speaking out about what the realities are and trying to educate people is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Plus, he's gorgeous to look at. Of course, that helps as well. So it's fun to listen to someone gorgeous speaking. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thanks, for Jack, for listening, uh, coming and calling to the show. Thank you so much, Jack. And uh, I'll be back on Sunday next week. We'll be interviewing um, more people. So be sure you tune into that. Thanks a lot. Good night, everybody. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. 